So today's daf is daf Kofir Gimel, page 113. Sorry, we're running a little late, so let us get going. We are up to the very top line. Okay, so right now, what the Gemara explained to us is there's a difference between a marriage of a Kitana and a marriage of a Chareshas. Both of them are rabbinic marriages, but each one does have its own, we'll call it statute of limitations, right? Each one's got its own way that it functions. A katana can refuse a marriage. A chareshas cannot refuse a marriage. And what we just explained for the reason for that is that if a chareshas was allowed to refuse a marriage, that's a lifelong thing for a husband to, to, to risk. But a katana who's going to eventually grow out of it, and it's really a short-term type of deal, so that's something that would uh, we're not concerned that people would withhold marriage from a, um, from a uh, Kitana. Okay, so here we go. Says the Gemara, another question. Interestingly, right, they both work in rabbinic marriages. However, the halacha is, if, you, if a fellow marries a Kitana, she's permitted to eat Shruma. She's permitted to eat Shruma. However, if a Chareshes um, gets married, She's not allowed to eat truma. Okay. Now, the Gemara here is speaking of a regular chareshes. A regular chareshes who goes into a marriage midrabanan, right? We said it's always going to be a rabbinic marriage. And we're saying even within this rabbinic marriage, as an adult, she's not allowed to eat truma. A katana is. Now, how do we know that's the halacha? Titran, because learned in the Mishnah, testified about a Chareshes, a deaf mute, whose father married her off, that first of all, she's going to go out with a get for her. Okay, she's going to go with a get. She's the one who's been with a get. Okay, so. Uh, says the Gemara, it seems that a Ketan is going to be allowed to eat Shuma, not a Chareshes, hence we have our step one. Once the, what's, what's the question? The question here is, what's the difference between a Chareshes and a Ketana? Okay? So far, what did we ask today? Why a Chareshes cannot eat Shuma, why a Ketana can? And that was all of Brisa showing that that's actually the Allah. But we want to know why. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you why a Chareshes, who's married in a rabbinic marriage, is not allowed to eat Shuma, even Midrabanon. I'll tell you why. Because the Ravana make a decree that you might have a, a Kohen who is a Cheresh who's going to give his wife who's a Cheresh's biblical truma. In other words, rabbinic truma really should, wouldn't have been a problem. But we're concerned if we would allow her to eat rabbinic truma, she may even come to eat biblical truma, which is a problem. You know why? Because she's only married to the Kohen rabbinically. So anything that's a biblical truma, she's not married to the Kohen for that. Hence, the Kohen is not allowed to feed, his, to, to feed biblical truma to his wife. Rabbinic truma, really on a rabbinic marriage, should be okay. But the rabbis say no, because we're nervous. She might start eating rabbinic. It'll come to biblical truma, and that would be a problem. Says Gemara Velechel. Um... Uh, anyway, we should let her eat truma katan eichel nevelesu because it should be similar to a katan who eats nevelis. Okay, which is usher anyway. Well, what we call not kosher, and says the Gemara. You know, when a katan eats something not kosher, 
do you, do you feed a Kohen not kosher? You're not going to actively feed a Kohen not kosher, but you have to stop. Uh, I'm not a Kohen, I'm sorry. A Katan, not kosher? No, you don't have to act, actively stop a Katan from eating not kosher. However, uh, we, we don't feed kosher, but we're not gonna, we don't have to actively stop a Katan from, from eating non kosher. Okay? So says the Gemara, like, let's say she does eat biblical truma. What's the big deal? She's like a katan. And we don't go out of our way to stop a katan from eating kosher. So why would we make a decree on her to not eat rabbinic truma? Because she might come to eat biblical truma. If, even if it were to be biblical truma, no, fine. It's not incumbent upon us to stop that. So what are you so nervous about? Says the Gemara, Okay, tell you why. You know why? Because you might have a deaf mute Kohen who's going to feed Truma de Orisa to his wife. Now listen to this. A Cheresh marrying a, pika, a Pikachas. That's also a rabbinic marriage. But she is completely obligated in mitzvos Because she's a Pikachas. So listen to this. You're going to have the Cheresh married to a Pikachas. It's a rabbinic marriage. Can he feed her biblical truma? No. Can, she feed, can he feed her rabbinic truma? Well, let's see. If we allow him to feed her rabbinic truma, he may come to feed her biblical truma. And if she does eat biblical truma, what would the consequences be? Big time. Big time consequences, that's right. Pikachas is a uh, mentally competent woman with no, no deaf-mute issues. So she would be completely obligated in, it's, it's like eating tarfus. And a regular person who's eating a treif, you have an obligation to stop that. A katan you don't, a cheres you don't, but over here is not a cheres. So therefore says the Gemara, you know why we don't feed any wife of a cheres, even rabbinic truma? Because they may come to eat biblical truma, and if she were to be a pikachas, that's going to be a big issue. Says Gemara, a cheres, but pikachas, nami lecho, but truma vidraban. All right, at least let her eat truma vidraban. He kind of going a little too far on this. Same thing, same thing. We're not going to allow her to eat truma because she may come to eat truma de'ai raisa. Okay, period. End of that conversation. So let's pause and take a step back. Pretty straightforward, Gemara. What we've been doing, again, starting yesterday is we've been learning that a marriage with a katana is rabbinic. A marriage with a charesha as a deaf mute is rabbinic. So why do they have differing halachos? Okay. So the particular halacha that we wanted to know about is why a katana is allowed to eat truma and a chareshes is not. And we gave an answer. For a katana to eat truma, no, why not? Let her eat rabbinic truma, because even if it was biblical, she's a katana. Nothing's going to happen. What about a chareshes? We do not allow her to eat rabbinic truma, because if we allow her to eat rabbinic truma, she might... Be a, if the wife is a pekachas, uh, the wife of a cher is a pekachas, in that rabbinic setting. So she may come to the biblical, and then there's big time consequences, hence we don't allow it, givaldic. Okay. Please remind me, what's biblical rabbinic truma, the difference between the two? Yeah, um, back then, nowadays, right? Oh, now. Based on mikdash, yeah, exactly. All that. Thank you. Okay, says the Gemara. Fine, let's keep going. Why is it that in the rabbinic marriage of a katana, she gets a ksuba, 
And why is it by a chareshas that there is no ksuba? Now, how do you know that a katana has a ksuba? How do we know that really in a katana marriage is a ksuba? So we'll see in a moment, but the Gemara says, I'll tell you the difference. The imkain, mimani v'leinaspiba. We don't, the reason why we don't give a ksuba to a chareshas is actually to protect her. Because we're nervous people won't end up marrying a chareshas if they're already marrying a chareshas, call it, you know, they already feel chas v'shalom, you know, but like they're settling a little bit, you know, settling for something less than perfect, and I'm going to be obligated to exuba. I don't know if I'll do that. So to help her shidduchim, so we, we say, you know what, we're not going to demand exuba. Says the Gemara, what about a katana? A katana minolon dis luxuba. How do you know by a katana? Um, there is a ksuba. If you have a katana who does miyun, and, or is a secondary arayis, which means it's only midrabonon that you have a problem. The islandess, or an islandess, who we're familiar with, right? She doesn't really reach the age of Gedela until she's 20, because she never developed signs of female maturity. She's also not capable of having a child. Ain la ksuba. They cannot demand a ksuba. Right? So when, when a girl does meon, is there ksuba? No. Uh, yeah, because she got it? No, she walks away. That's it. Aval yaitzibiget ukatana. Ain la ksuba. Aval beget. But should she go out ukitana and she's a katana, then yesh la she would get a ksuba. Okay, see, so hear this, listen to this. You have, a, you have a fellow who marries a katana. If she refuses the marriage, she doesn't get it, she doesn't get it. If he gives her a get, though, then she does get it. She does get a get. Okay? Says the Gemara, of cheresh menal, the last exuba. I know cheresh has, does not have a exuba, time to learn to the rise of cheresh v'shaita shenosu pichois, a cheresh and a shaita that marry a pichois. You have a man who's a cheresh, who's a deaf mute, you have a man who's a shaita, he's a fool, and the two of them marry two com- completely competent women. Even if the deaf mute gets healed and he becomes a pikeach, or the fool, his mind starts working again, the wives, they have no obligation of aksuba. To their wives. Why? At the time that they were married, was there any sort of ksuba agreement? No. And since at the time that you were married, there was no obligation of a ksuba, hence, even if you heal afterwards, we're not going to kick that in and say that, oh, now that you got healed, you're obligated to ksuba. Ratsu But what happens if after their healing, we'll call it, they want to stay married? They want to stay married. So then, Yeshlehem Ksuva Mona. They get a Ksuva of a Mona. Okay, what's a Mona? So a Mona is a standard Ksuva of a woman who's lost her virginity. Because now, at the time of the Ksuva, she's been a married woman having relations. So she's not going to get a, a Besula uh, Ksuva. She's going to get a Beula Ksuva. Okay, a Ksuva for, for a woman who's a non virgin. Aval. 
Avilu Kosovo, I'm sorry, Upikeach Shenosa Harashas. What happens if you have a Pikeach that marries a Harashas? Oi Shaita, or he marries a Shaita. Avilu Kosovo, Mea Mona, even if he writes a hundred Mona like regular Bullock, Suvasa Kayamas, it's a valid Suba, Mesha Rotsa, Lizak Benachasov, because he agreed to write it, that's it. He, in other words, we say, Ihu da Ofsid Anafshe. He caused this to himself. He did, was he obligated to write a ksuba? No. He had no obligation of a ksuba because he was marrying a chareshes. But he went ahead and he wrote a ksuba anyway. He wanted to be generous. Okay, you want to be generous time of marriage? Well, guess what? It's valid. Fine. That's the, she could demand her ksuba. The reason why she gets a ksuba is the ratzah. The husband decided to give her one. But let's say the husband didn't want to give her a ksuba, this chareshes. Guess what? Ain't luck. She obviously doesn't get one, you see. Tim Cain, because otherwise people wouldn't get married to her. Okay, so you see very clearly, again from this b'risa, that a chareshes, unless the husband chooses to give her a ksuba, there's no obligation. Says the Gemara, Ihachi, if it's true that a chareshes does not get a ksuba, now what was the reason why she wouldn't get a ksuba? Because we're concerned for the well-being of a chareshes that people might refrain from marrying them. So we say, you know what? Marry her. There's not going to be an obligation of a ksuba if it doesn't work out. It's a lighter risk. If that's true, when it comes a pikachas to a cherish, the sakein la ksuba, the chachamim should be misakein a ksuba. Tim Cain, because if it's true that um, uh, a pikeach, Oh, and you know, in such a matzah, in such a situation, when I get a ksuba, we would say that they wouldn't marry, they wouldn't agree to marry the husband who's a cherish. You hear this? Says the Gemara, beautiful. Listen to this question. If we're concerned that people who are deaf mutes are capable about getting married, what happens if she is completely okay and he is the cherish? You know what we should say? Obligate Aksuba to her. This way she'll be willing to marry the Cherish. You understand? We, we want to make it, we want people to be more willing to marry in to the deaf mute community. So when would a woman who's totally healthy be willing to marry in if she knows she'll get Aksuba? But the Allah is a Cherish to a Pikachas, there's no Aksuba. We want to know why. If we're here on behalf of the, of the uh, DM Deaf mute community, yeah. So we should uh, we should obligate Aksuba. Says the Gemara, no. We're not concerned. A man may say, a man may say, you know, I'm not going to marry this woman. It's like the Shidduch crisis, you know. I'm not going to marry this woman unless, um, you know, I've not I'm not risking anything. So we're not going to demand Aksuba if he marries a Harajas, but. If a woman is a pikachas, she's totally okay. And we want her to go into a shidduch with a deaf mute. Women are more willing to enter marriages with the husband being a deaf mute than a man would be willing to enter a marriage with the, with the wife being a deaf mute. Hence, we will not obligate aksuba to her, to the, to the wife, if she's a pikachas. And the Gemara now brings a story, Hahu Cherish. There was a cherish. Yeah. There was a deaf mute. Dahave Bishivavuse de Rav Malkioi, who lived in the town of Rav Malkioi, Ansebe Itza, 
Um, he married a woman. The Kosavla Arba Meya He's a deaf mute, and he's so thrilled with this with this woman will, being willing to marry her. He writes her a double ksuba, meaning he doubles the amount. Okay, Omar Rava. Rava says, Man Chochim Karab Malkiyeh. Who's as smart as her Malkiyeh? The Gavar Abahu is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous man. Kosovar, and he holds Ilu Ratsa Shivcha Lishamshay. If this Cheresh wanted a Shivcha to work for him, Milayizav Ninalei, wouldn't um, wouldn't we or wouldn't he go ahead and hire that Koshkein Hacha? How much more so to get married? Where both you have a companion, you have somebody to help you out, and you also have the the gain of marriage. Okay? In other words, interesting, what the Gemara is just pointing out a story where, where we have a case of a cherish, a man who's a cherish, two epikachas, and the, really there's no obligation of a ksuba. Okay? There's no obligation of a ksuba. But over here, it seems that the um, Rav Malkiah and his Bezdin, they created a situation to ensure that not only did the wife get a ksuba, she got a gans fine ksuba, uh, you know, over the top type of ksuba, to really entice her to be married to him because they knew it was in this fellow's best interest. Okay. If uh, the wife of a if a person has relations with the wife of a deaf mute, so it's, she's in a rabbinic marriage, okay. So the halacha is you're not out, one of the obligations for having relations with a married woman is you have to bring by mistake at least you have to bring an ashim tali, okay. An ashim tali is like a uh, um, is a, a a uh, carbon that is brought by somebody who's unsure whether he transgressed over here. No, unsure whether he transgressed <laughs> carries. Huh? How can a person not know? No, you knew, you knew, you knew. He knows exactly what he did. Well, first of all, you have situations where a person cannot know. Yeah, we, we have that early nirvamas. We have that. So we have situations where, where people are unclear about what exactly happened. But, but what happens if, let's say, he, at the, he knew what he was doing, but let's say he didn't know that she was married, he didn't know she was uh, rabbinically married, whatever it was, okay? See, he would be obligated to bring in Hashem Tali. She didn't tell him. She didn't tell him she's married. Fine. Let's say we have a riot to Shmuel, there's five people who should not who should not take truma? If they do take truma, ain't truma and truma. It's still not valid. You separate truma, it's not a valid truma. And these are they. Cheresh shaita v'katan, a deaf mute, a shaita, a katan. If they separate truma, it doesn't work. If I take your stuff and I separate truma for you, thinking I'm a big tzaddik, look, I'll take truma for, for uh, you know Steve. I'll take, separate truma for a bar and I'll separate truma. Wow, mama should tzaddik. Don't do me any titles. I'll do it myself, right? If you separate Jew from somebody else's property, it's not a valid separation. Also, if a non-Jew separates for Yisrael, a filu b'rshus Yisrael, even with the permission of a Yisrael, still ain't trumasai truma. The truma is not a valid truma. You see that a cherish is not capable of doing any sort of fin- involving themselves in any sort of financial arrangement. Hence, it goes back to what Shmuel was saying. That if a man, by mis, uh, you know, uh, uh, unintentionally 
has relations with a married with a a, a woman who's married to a cheresh, you, the, the, um, you're not even going to be chayv in Hashem Tali because it wasn't even considered a acquisition of her in marriage. Says the Gemara, no, there's no proof to Shmuel because who the Amak of Lazar, maybe our Mishnah. Is following the opinion of Rabbi Lazar, Tan Gondar Brayz, Rabbi Yisgar Ben Mishum, Rabbi Lazar, Trumas Cheresh, the Truma of Cheresh. Listen to this. Maybe it's not a valid separation, but it's enough to say that you're not allowed to consider a chulin anymore. But Reishu Suffik, because it's a suffix. So maybe Shmuel over here also holds that we're just you know we're unsure how to handle it. You know how to handle her, but he doesn't necessarily hold that a uh, a Cheresh is completely. Not possible to make an acquisition. Right now we're assuming Shmuel holds his mom is not shy. It's, not, it's impossible to make it. says, you know, maybe he's just in doubt, and that's why you bring in Ashim Tali. says the Gemara, Israel, like Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar, Ashim Tali, Nami Lechayev. And Ashim Tali, you're obligated if you have a suffix. Okay? If, listen, biblically at least, right? Says the Gemara, no. Shmuel's going to say that um, in Ashim Tali, in order to be obligated to bring in Ashim Tali, you need where you have, let's say, one piece that's, that's uh, out of two pieces that is usher. Okay? Meaning over here, what's the issue? What's the uncertainty about this woman who is the wife of a cherish? What, what are we unsure about? Just her status. That's it. That's the only thing we're unsure about. Okay? She doesn't know her status? Uh-huh. We don't know. No, he didn't know. The, the man didn't know. We know what she is. If she knows her status, wouldn't she tell him? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Maybe she... Low, low class people here? Maybe. I mean, it doesn't have to be. Any situation. Make, make that the situation, yeah. Let's say we're talking about such a scenario. Okay? So, um, when does Shmuel say, you bring in Ashram Tali, when something is for sure, and you have two things. One is for sure Usher, and one is for sure Usher, one is for sure, I'm sorry, one is for sure mutter, and one is for sure usher. You have two pieces of meat. You ate one of them. That's where we say you bring in Ashim Tully. Okay. However, in the case of the wife of a deaf mute, let's just articulate this. We are the only suffix over here is as far as what we consider her marriage. Is it two separate entities? No. And therefore there's no Ashim Tully. You understand the lumbus? Understand the lumbus? No. Okay. A few people are shaking their heads. Listen closely. How many women do we have here? One. We don't know about her herself. Then there's no Ashim Tali. You know when you bring an Ashim Tali when you have a doubt? In the following case. You have a piece of kosher in front of you and a piece of treif in front of you. You eat one of those. Two separate pieces. You ate one of those. I'm in doubt. I may have done something completely kosher. I may have done something completely treif. That's where we say you bring in Ashim Tali. But when we're dealing with one entity and we're just in doubt as to the status, there's no obligation of in Ashim Tali. Says the Gemara, Umi bai Rabbi Lazar Chaticha Mishnei Chaticha. Is it Taka true? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry? Why is there a difference? Because one, you, in, in the case of the meat, You're, you're, you're asking, you're, you're asking like this, like, is, is the svara 
that if you're only in doubt about one thing, we should go ahead and um, we should go ahead and clear it up. And until you do that, there's no chiyav of Hashem Tali. Is that your point? Okay, perhaps, perhaps. Well, let's, let's articulate this one more time. Okay, let's, let's go like this. Let's get this clear. And this is all based off of Xeris Akasav. It's all based off of, of Sukkim, why the Hashem Tali uh, works like this. But be it as it may, Azoi, you have a fellow who's having, who's having uh, relations with a woman. She's the wife of a Chareshes. We don't know her status. No Hashem Tali. Listen to the next case though. Ready? I'm going to make up a new case. There's a fellow in a house, okay, and there's two women, he had relations with one of them, and then when he realizes he doesn't know which one uh, he, he transgressed with. That would be a case of one's mutter, one's usher, you don't know what, and in such a case, you would have an Asham Tali Taka. But over here where the suffix within one thing... There's no vada iser. There's no certain iser that's happening here at all. So then, then the, there's no washim tali. Okay, two things create washim tali. One uh, something about one entity doesn't. Okay. Says the Gemara. Me by Rabbi Lazar Chaticha Mishnei Chaticha. He says there really Rabbi Lazar holds in order to be chayav washim tali. You need a scenario where you took one out of two pieces. One was kosher, one was treif. Is that true? But Tanya learned in a brisa. Rabbi Lazar koi ah. Hold on, if you know what a koi is. Koi, chayavin al chelboi asham toloi. A koi, you're obligated on its fats for being in asham toloi. Okay. So, oh, I'll tell you in a minute. So, if you eat the forbidden fats, chaylev, of a koi, you will bring in asham toloi. Now, that is a suffix in one thing. A koi, let's explain what this is, is a hybrid animal between a chaya and a behemoth. Okay, now the, there's a big difference between a chaya and a behemoth because in one of them, the, uh, in, in a chaya, if, the, if a koi would be an undomesticated animal, for example, deer, buffalo, the chaylev is going to be kosher. Chaylev is only a problem in domesticated animals. Okay, so chaylev is kosher. If, uh, if we consider a koi to be a behemoth, it's a problem. So here's what happened. The guy ate the fats from a koi. We don't know the status of a koi. It's a hybrid between a chai and a behemoth. So still, what do we say the halacha is? Is that two pieces? No. It's one animal. And still we say you bring in Hashem Toloi. So you see that even within one suffix, you bring in Hashem Toloi. How did this work out? You're right. Shmuel holds that Nashim Tala, you need two things, but he argues in Rabbi Lazar in this case. Rabbi Lazar is not consistent across the board about needing two chatiches. That's valid, that's true. However, however, um, uh, Rabbi Lazar is not all that consistent. Shmuel does all that consistently. And there are those who say, Omar Revchia Barashi Omar Shmuel Revchia Barashi Omar Shmuel Eishes Cheres Cheyovan Olei Asham Tali 
In Aisha's Cheresh, you're obligated in Ashram Tali for having relations with her. The opposite. Basically, that's the answer question. Chamisha la Yisramus, you see there's no valid transactions with her. Why you chayim? Savlak Rabbalazar, Yosek Rabbalazar, who holds that we're dealing with a suffix by Ravashi. Ravashi asks a challenging question. My time with Rabbi Lazar was the reason for Rabbi Lazar that we have a suffix about, about the wife of Achareshes. Mivshab Shitaleh, it should be simple to him. The Cheresh Daita Kalishtahu. Listen, the mind of a Cheresh is kal, is light, is weak. Okay? Meaning, you might have a Cheresh, a deaf mute, who's quite smart. But if you can't converse, it's very hard to get complete, to, to have full clarity. So, we know that. Huh? For, for somebody who's a deaf mute to get complete clarity about a situation when they can't converse about it. You don't know if they understand right? clearly what's going on. That's correct. And, and if, that's right. We don't know, and, and they don't know either, because how many times have you heard something, like just right now, you said something to me to clarify, and therefore we can get it clear. A cheresh, unfortunately, doesn't have that opportunity and therefore is left in the dark with clarification that very often is needed. Okay? So we know... So do we say that a cheresh for sure has a weak mind? But we really don't have a... a um, or, or what, what we... We know that the Cheresh, here's how we're going to take leads. We know the Cheresh has the ability to comprehend things. However, even you could comprehend something, but Edaita Tselusa, whether or not the person's mind is Tselusa. Tselusa means clear. Like clear as water. Like there's no muddiness over here. Okay? Top of Amud Beis. Elab Daita Tselusa, or whether this, this um, Cheresh does not have a clear mind. And really, it's all one das. Meaning like this. Rabbi Lazar says that a... Let, let's go like this. You know, I'm going to pause for... We're in the middle of a question. Let's articulate what the question is. It's a beautiful question. Here's the question. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter says, famously, that at the Seder, each person is the Arba Banu. Okay? Each person is the four sons. I'm a tzaddik, I'm a rasha, I'm a tam, I'm a shenidei elishol, depending on my stage, depending where I am in life, and each one of us are all four sons sitting at the Seder. Okay. Now, here's what, we're, here's what we need to understand about a cherish. Do we view a cherish that sometimes the cherish completely gets it, and sometimes they don't get it? Or... And it's not one straight situation over here, right? It's, we view a cheresh like sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't. Or do we view a cheresh like a constant? It's a constant situation of being a cheresh. It's not like sometimes this, sometimes this, sometimes this. It's a cheresh is a cheresh, okay? So Gemara says like this. Is Rabbi Lazar in doubt that maybe sometimes a cherish can understand and is clear? Sometimes he doesn't. And uh, you know, and and always the truth is It's just one straight uh, situation of a cherish. I don't the Kalishta, or maybe Rabbi Lazar holds simply that the das 
of a cherish is always weak. And it doesn't have a clear mind. And the reason why we're not sure about about the, the status of a wife of a deaf mute and also a deaf mute separating Shuma, that's the fascinating question. You hear the question? It's incredible. However, this is such a a nafkamina dick. The Gemara is about to ask what's the difference. But the Gemara is asking a nafkamina dick question. In other words, like this Is the Cherish always viewed as weak? Or is the Cherish viewed as sometimes yes, sometimes no? Now listen to this. Who, let, let, let's understand it. Before, the Gemara is about to ask the mind of Gina, but before we even got there. If sometimes you take a Cherish and we say, you know, there's a possibility this Cherish is 100% has 100% clarity, how can you tell me that when he separated Truma, there's no way it was valid? Maybe at the time that he separated, he's, he has more clarity than I do. So, when he separates something, you know why it's not valid? Because maybe at that time, he wasn't clear. But how do you know? There's a chance that it was completely done. On the other hand, there's a chance it was completely wasn't done. Huh? No, as long as we know that there's a chance that it may not be clear, that in itself is enough. Enough. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. So that that's one way to view it. Very good. Or do we say no? The reason why when a cherish separates Shuma, it's not valid is because a cherish, his whole ability, his whole capacity in the first place, never gets to the ability, never gets to the capacity of doing such a thing. He never has the capacity to separate Shuma. Sigmar says the mind of Kamina. What's the difference? Light the Ishtar beget. I'll tell you the difference. Whether a deaf mute could divorce his wife with a get, Iyam Rechadadaitahu, if you're going to say that a deaf mute has one set consistent mind, Kikidushin Kachkirishin. Well, we'll say like this. If you're going to allow his Kedushin to be valid, we should allow his Gerishin to be valid. Good point. Divorce. Do you know that his marriage to work? Allow his divorce to work. However, if you're going to tell me that Acherish that sometimes gets it, sometimes doesn't, well, guess what? Then Kedushin, Matzi Mekadesh, maybe we'll allow a Kedushin, and it would be completely okay, even Mido Raisa. Guy's totally there. But But when it comes to Gerishin, maybe he doesn't get it. Maybe we have to, you know, maybe at the time of the divorce, we, we're concerned. He doesn't fully grasp what divorce is and we would not allow a divorce. Samai, what's the halacha and what, what, what is Rabbi Lazar's opinion of how to view a Gerish? And the Gemara answers, Teku. Teku either means the question stands or Teku means an acronym for Tishbi Yataretz Kushios the Abayos Elio Anavi will come and answer all of our challenging questions and our curiosity questions. Period. Givaldik. Okay. Then the Mishnah said, Nishtates ve Chulu. Two dots. What happens if you have a uh, two healthy people, and then unfortunately the wife goes mad. The wife goes mad. She becomes a shaita. Something, and you know, it could even be, it could even be uh, physically, right? Say Somebody has a call it a stroke. Call it you know they they lose their their mental abilities. Amar Yitzchak, 
really you could divorce a shaita. You know why? Because we don't need her das anyway. You don't need a woman's das, her knowledge, in order to accept a get. A man, even if she was completely mentally competent, is able to divorce his wife against her will. So why did we say that if a person's wife becomes a, a shaita, you cannot give her a divorce anymore? Incredible. Incredible, incredible. If a person's wife has a ailment of such, uh, of such a degree, it's your responsibility to protect her. And if you divorce her, you don't know what people are going to do. So the reason why you stay married with her is to take care of her. Okay? Make sure other people don't take advantage of her. What are we talking about over here? What's the case? If she's smart enough to be able to protect her get, she was how to protect herself. Let's say she's not on the level of shaita where she has no capacity at all. She has capacity. She's able to protect herself. Over there, for sure, yeah, we're not dealing with that case. Because there's no need to not allow him to divorce her. The case must be where if you divorce her, she doesn't know how to take care of her get. She doesn't know how to take care of herself from, uh, from people treating her incorrectly. So are you going to tell me that really a shaita could be divorced? You got to put in her hand. You got to put in the hand of somebody who can accept the gerishin. Yotzosazu excludes this woman. Who doesn't have the ability to accept a get? You know why? Because what is a yad? A yad is something that's controlled. A hand is something that's controlled by the mind, and the, the hand is full aware of is fully aware of what's happening. In our case over here, if she's a shaita, she's not aware that she's even accepting a get, so that's excluded. You can't say it's vinasan biyada. It's not called putting it in her hand. If she doesn't even know what, what the, the paper that she's accepting. The turn of the Bay Rabbi Shmuel, we learned in the base Madrash of Rabbi Shmuel, Vashalchami Besai, when he sends her from his house, Misha Mishalchav in Chazeres. You know what he means sent away from her house? It's when you divorce a woman and she knows not to come back. That's a divorce. Yatsasazu, excluding a woman, Shemishalchav in Chazeres. If you have a woman who's a shaita, she doesn't grasp. She say, Here, lady, honey, here's a divorce. Here's your get. She says, Oh, thank you so much. And she puts the paper in her pocketbook, she goes shopping, and she comes back 20 minutes later. She doesn't realize she's divorced. She doesn't know. She doesn't grasp what's happening. So in such a case, in such a case, there's, there's no divorce. Huh? No. No, come on. You mean if she collected her ksuba? No. I'm saying she oh. Yeah. And then she went shopping and then she charged it to you. She was oh. so smart. She's saying, yeah, very smart. Very smart. <laughs> so Yale's saying coming back home applies even as soon as she charges the credit card. As soon as she goes, as soon as she, uh, she heads to the store and puts the, the charge on the card. All right, very good. Good kazak. All right. So the, the question over here is, you know, when Rabbi Yitzchuk says that really, midairaisa, you could divorce a saita. Really, midairaisa, you could. But we, there are abundance that you can't because otherwise you're going to take advantage of her. Ask the Gemara, what's the case? If she's aware, that's fine. She's divorced. If she's not aware, it's not a divorce. So where do we say that Midaraisa, yeah, Midarabana, no? 
I'll tell you the case where she understands it's a get, but she doesn't know how to protect herself. She doesn't know how to protect herself. She knows she's divorced, but what's going to happen if she protects herself? Nishpush it. It's not going to be easy, right? Because people might take advantage of her. But the Rabbanan say that you shouldn't separate from her. So people shouldn't treat her incorrectly. You could infer this is what the Mishnah meant as well. It says about the woman, if she becomes a shaita, then he's not a divorcer of a day. But let's say he becomes a shaita, then he's not allowed to divorce her at all. Why by the man do we say you, you, you can never, ever, ever divorce her? But when she becomes a, a shaita, it doesn't say ever. Because you would be allowed to. It's the Rabbanan only that are stopping this. Period. Two dots. Okay. Then the Mishnah said, Rav Yechanan Benuri says, Okay, now we're going on the um, we're going on the case where the uh, when a, when a, Rabbi Yechonuri says, why is it that a when a woman becomes a chareshes, you're allowed to divorce her, but a man who becomes a cheresh is not allowed to create a divorce. He wants to know why there's a difference and how we're going to understand Rabbi Yechonuri Benuri's question because we would see a simple difference, right? One needs das. And one doesn't need that, needs that. The man needs that, the woman doesn't. So it says, Gemari Baidu, they had a question searching for information. Rabbi Echa Benuri, Rabbi Echa Benuri, Ish, Pshit, Rabbi Echa Benuri, Ish, Pshit, Levi, Ish, Kami Boile. Does he know for sure that a man who becomes a Kherish cannot divorce his wife, but he's unsure? And he's asking a child about a woman. And he's asking about a man. Okay, maybe Rabbi Echa Benuri holds that when he becomes a Kherish, Still, for some reason, he can create a divorce. So Gemara says, Tashma, come and listen from here. We'll prove from Abraisa what Rabbi Yechon Benuri is thinking. When Rabbanan say to him, You cannot compare a man who gets divorced, a woman gets divorced. A woman can be divorced whether she likes it or not. It don't matter. She she had sali shenu v'shleir etzayna v'yeshenim aitzi elabert zayna. In a man, you need his dash. I mean, no ish kami boile. It must mean that he's focusing on the ish. Meaning, Rabbi Yechon Benuri knows for sure that a woman who becomes a chareshes could be divorced because you don't need the das. But what he was misupping about is going on the ish. Says the Gemara, no, Adraba, Punktvaker, just the opposite. From the fact that they that Rabbi Yechon Benuri, um, from the fact that the Rabbanans say. To him, this one is like her. We learned that he was unsure actually about, about um, why you're allowed to divorce a woman who's a chareshes. So interestingly, there's two ways to be medayek to infer the response to Rabbi, of, of the Rabbanon to Rabbi So we no longer have a proof as to what Rabbi Yechim was unsure about. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yechim was really going in the opinion of the Rabbanon. Here, here's what he's saying. According to me, I hold as follows. A man who becomes a deaf mute cannot divorce. And a woman who's a deaf mute also, a man cannot divorce. You cannot divorce one who's deaf mute. That's what I hold. But according to you, the sages, what's the difference between a man and a woman? 
Amrulay, they said to him, oh, I'll tell you the difference. There's no difference between the two. You know why there's no difference between the two? Because by a divorce of a man, you need his das. Divorce of a woman, a woman, you do not need her das. Period. Givaldic. Next part of the Mishnah. Hey, Rebichan, Rebichan uh, testified. Omar Rabba. Rabba says, Medusa, Medusa, from the testimony of Rechim and Gudguda in the Mishnah. Omar Le'edim, if a man says to Edim, Ra'u get Zeshani Naisi, and look at the get that I'm giving Vamar Law, and he says to his wife, as he gives her the get, Kinsi Shtar Chayiv you please, he hands her a document, and he says, Take this IOU. Take this paper, it's an IOU. She takes the paper, she doesn't even know it's a divorce. She's fully divorced. There's no problem over here. Because according to Rechim and Gudgada, even if you have a woman who was totally married and then became a Kharesha, she could divorce her. Where's her? She doesn't have das. Must be, says Rava, you don't even need das. You can trick her into taking the document. You say, here, sweetie, here's a piece of paper that says, I owe you a million dollars. She takes it, you place it into her hand, you're divorced. Because that's a get. Says Gemara Pshita. Okay, what's Rav coming to add to Rabbi Echanan Ben Uri, Rabbi idea? So where says about him? I would have thought to say, since he says, accept this IOU, he's basically saying it's no longer a get. In other words, he's having a document, but he's, he's changing what originally it really was. Kamash Mulan, so the Chiddush of Rava is, if he wanted to rem- remove the status of this paper from being a get, he would have told the witnesses. Since he didn't tell the witnesses that he was planning on changing it, it was never, it was never nullified. And you know why he said it's an IOU? It's because, interestingly, he didn't want to embarrass her. Right? Let's say there's people looking, people watching, right? Sometimes you want to give somebody a tzedakah check. Yeah? Sometimes you want to give somebody a tzedakah check. Is it, you, you have somebody who knocks on your door, they're here collecting from Eretz Yisrael, they're collecting from New York, whatever it is, they come to you and say, please come over to me in shul. Yeah, I don't have my checkbook here, I'll, if, you, if you don't mind coming to shul, I'll meet you later. You walk over to him in shul, yeah? And you, you give the fellow a check. Is it proper to make a whole production out of it? Or for anybody to notice that you're, uh, that you're uh, giving him tzedakah? No. Just the opposite. You're supposed to make it look like maybe he lent you money and you're just paying it back. You say, Shkayach, I appreciate it, or whatever. Right? In this way, people don't think that you're, that he's, you're giving him tzedakah. Yeah. So you know why he says it's not a, you know why he said it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a no? This way she's not, she's not uh, embarrassed by the divorce. If Yisak Barbisna Rachsulei Miftichei Debe Medrosha, if Yisak Barbisna um, once lost the keys to the Beis Medrash, Rishus Harabim in Rishus Harabim on Shabbos. Okay, you hit his. So he lost his keys. It's outside on Shabbos. No Erev. Also, Commander Rav Vadas came in front of Rav Vadas and Amar Lei. Rav Vadas said, Zil, go ahead, Debar Tali Vitalia, um, and go, go to some young children, Vilatluya Hasam, and let them uh, walk around over there. The Mishkachi Luhu Maisulei. Because uh, if they find the keys, they'll bring it to the base measures. Yeah, they'll bring uh, anybody. Anybody lose the keys? He says, you know, he says uh, you're allowed to bring it to the to the uh, base medrash. Alma, you see from here, kasavar katan eichel nevelis. That if a katan uh, eats nevelis, aim bezdin mitzuyin lafrishai. A bezdin is not obligated to stop them, right? Because over here, we're actually putting them into a situation. We'll go back. We'll restart this bezdin tomorrow. Where we're going back to the really to Ahmed Aleph, 
of the daf where we had a, where we were learning about whether a uh, the, the status of a katana eating not kosher, and we'll pick up from here, Bezham, tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.